welcome to another episode of Inspiration from Zion. I'm Jonathan Feldstein, and I have the privilege of being your host, coming to you from the Judean Mountains here in Israel. I like to refer to it as the original Bible God. Inspiration from Zion is a program of the Genesis 123 Foundation, whose mission is to build bridges between Jews and Christians and Christians with Israel in ways that are new, unique, and meaningful. I pray that you will find this all of those. Through this program, we're excited to connect you to people and stories in and relating to Israel to give you a window to look through, experiencing aspects of life here that you might not otherwise know about. We want this to be interactive, so please be in touch with us at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com and send along any questions and any comments about any topic, anytime. Or you can reach us at genesis123.co or follow and like Inspiration from Zion on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Stay tuned until the end where we're going to share an exciting opportunity, and please feel free to share this with others who you know who also find it of interest. So as I was preparing to have this conversation today, I realized I kind of owe our guest, David Parsons, an apology, because it's shocking to me that in over two years, now into our third year of inspiration from Zion, I've not yet had him as a guest. And it's a little crazy. David and I have been good friends for a, a number of years. I don't even know how far back, but I would for sure most of the time that I'm living in Israel. And David is the vice president and senior spokesman of the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem. Uh, he, he's there. There are not people made of the quality of him uh, that that I know of. In, in too many instances. I can't say enough good things. I owe him a book review on one of his books. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll give a promo for your book at the end when we talk about the other book that you're uh, indirectly connected with as well. And today we're jumping into a topic that I don't like to do often because it gets a little controversial. We've had an issue uh, in Israel that's not new, but it came out recently uh, about about the International Christian Embassy and other ministries, long-term uh, ministries based in Israel, not receiving visas for their staff and volunteers. It came out in the media, what, about two weeks ago, um, two and a half from, from the day that this uh, podcast will be aired. And it's something that, even though I don't like to air dirty laundry, it's something that we need to have a candid conversation about. So David, first of all, thank you for taking time today. Thank you for everything that you and the International Christian Embassy is doing. And, and for now, uh, what close to four decades has been doing in Israel. Um, and I'm just thrilled to have you here. We'll have you back at another time. Where we can just talk about good things, but we're, we, need to, we need to expose this. And I'm grateful for you joining. Thank you uh, for having me, Jonathan. Uh, we've been friends uh, since you started talking about Run for Zion a few years ago, and it's exciting to see uh, the the ventures you've started in trying to bridge the gap between Jews and Christians today, build support for Israel. I uh, appreciate all, all that you're doing to help uh, Jewish people become more comfortable with Christians and our support for the Jewish state and people. Well, thank you. That means a lot. Uh, let, let's jump in. Um, I was I was honestly a little bit in disbelief when I saw an article a week, week and a half ago. To I, I don't remember recently 
um, mm -hmm. that had come out, disbelief as an Israeli Jew, that maybe there was some truth to what was being said, but also disbelief that it was coming out in one of Israel's, Israel's preeminent left-wing newspaper, Haaretz. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, this can't be real. If Haaretz is writing about it, they're just using it as a, as a way to somehow attack Christians. And there was this one, we'll talk about this one, I, I felt very particularly inappropriate comment that was made, but I reached out to you. I said, hey, what's up? And we had a little conversation and that's where we committed this opportunity to speak. Can you, the, the, the topic, I'm, I'm, I'll butcher it. So I wanna ask you to set it up. What happened? What's been going on that in fact, this Haaretz article was more or less factual and you have been the lead person taking this public. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, uh, you know, at the Christian Embassy, we've been in Israel over 40 years and uh, I've been there over 27 years. So you learn uh, learn to fit into the Israeli culture a little and every Israeli complains about the tax authority and about the Ministry of Interior. It's kind of an, of a national pastime in Israel. I know even during COVID, there were uh, Jewish people who wanted to come in for uh, for bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, weddings, whatever, within their families, and they couldn't get in the country because of the lockdowns and all. Uh, the Ministry of Interior just stopped issuing visas and, and such, not letting people in. And uh, so everyone's had complaints. We've had uh, periods of, uh, you know, good stretches and bad stretches in getting uh, visas out of them. Most of the time, it's been good. We've had good working arrangements with them for uh, long-term uh, success for the different levels as a as a global ministry headquartered in Jerusalem. We need uh, volunteer visas, work visas, and clergy visas that allow us to plan for short-term, mid-term, and long-term staff with us. But uh, we really haven't had anything like we've had over the past three, three and a half years, ever since the head of the population registry within the Ministry of Interior, a guy named Amos Arbell. We had worked out a good understanding with him that we'd, uh, we'd worked under for about 10, 15 years and no problem getting any staff. I really can't remember anyone turned away that really didn't qualify or whatever. And uh, But when he stepped down, he, he moved laterally to some other government position in another ministry um they they were slow in replacing him and part of it had to do with covid shutdowns a lot of minute government employees were were at home lockdowns too uh israel had five elections in three and a half years there was no stable government to appoint a new minister of interior for any sort of length of time to appoint a replacement for amos arbel as head of the population registry that oversees the the foreign visas. So it's been a, a case where I think throughout the government, uh, some of us sort of chuckled that, you know, there was really no stable, solid government for almost four years. And it was like Israel was getting along okay without, yeah. uh, without one. And you, you could almost do without it. But uh, what it did is it allowed a lot of mid-level bureaucrats 
they were not they did not have proper supervision by people over them who had the bigger picture say in the minister of interior of the importance of christian support and we had a, a mid-level bureaucrat uh, overseeing foreign visas whatever act she had to grind against us whether it was bias against us as christians or whatever it was we really we can only sort of speculate she was never honest with us but she started squeezing us out of all the visa categories that we had 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 for for uh, several decades actually for for 40 years one by one no more work visas then all of a sudden no more clergy visas because we're not a religious institution we're Boy, you are she says you're not or or, or the, the response was you're yeah. you're not saying that you're not a religious institution are you she started giving us rules where to get a clergy visa you have to have at least uh you got to be like a pastor of a congregation of at least 200 people really and this was a brand new rule that she made up and <laughs> and all the these the the catholic churches say the franciscan order they have all sorts of clergy visas for gardeners at some of the the holy sites who do the gardens at capernaum or you know different places and good on them they they deserve it they have some sort of ordination papers they're members of some order uh and so at first she was given certain rules making up new rules denying us clergy visas and then she started limiting our our um uh volunteer visas no work visas no new clergy visas and then the only category left was volunteer visas like you used to volunteer for a kibbutz for two years and okay. whatever you can stay up to around four four and a half years under a volunteer visa but she she first said well it has to be only from well to two do countries that have at least 50 percent of israel's gdp and then she said uh only people who that you can't have dependents you can't have a wife or children so no families we couldn't hire anyone with a wife or children and uh and they could only stay for four out of ten years so all of a sudden we're limited to only new volunteers from well-to-do countries who are single and they can only stay for four years max and no one can run any organization you couldn't run the ministry of interior under those sorts of rules and i think the straw that that broke the camel's back was a denial of our last clergy visa application we sort of got the picture don't even try well we tried one and the response came back that we we were not qualified because we were we were not considered a religious organization and this is after 43 years of being listed uh, registered officially with the minister of the interior as a as a christian association sure uh, founded in 1980 with the assent of prime minister menachem begin and uh the mayor of jerusalem teddy Kollek, was at our uh founding ceremony at the dedication of the embassy we had you know incredible favor when all the embassies left the christian embassy was formed to right. represent christians who who get it on Jerusalem. We we know there's a 3,000-year-old Jewish claim and connection 
to the city. So we're standing in solidarity with that. We're in solidarity with Israel as a whole all these years as a religious organization, Christian, global Christian organization, and all of a sudden a mid-level bureaucrat who hasn't had a proper supervisor for about three years since late 2019, she's telling us we're not a religious organization. And for the first time in over four decades, we've had visa problems before, but uh, this was uh, too much. Our attorney advised us. Uh, we have an appeal in, and it would help us if we went to the media with this. Otherwise, she's going to keep running over us until the people who are now in place over her give us the attention that Got this it. deserves. And okay. so uh, we decided to go. Um, uh, we have a Hebrew media consultant. He went to a very uh, well-known, popular columnist in Yediot Arenot, Ben Droy Yamini. And right. he broke it in Hebrew broke the story in Hebrew, and I had a Judy Maltz, a reporter for Haaretz, who I've known for a long time. Uh, she's a, a thorough, tough, good reporter uh, of, you know, I have many media contacts, but for some reason, I just felt she was, she's serious as a reporter, and maybe she could get some answers out of it. We explained to her, it really doesn't have so much to do with this new government, so you can't go reporting this as anti-Bibi. It's something that was already there under the Bennett Lapid government, and uh, and it just it hasn't gotten resolved. Um, but there is a new guy in the as head of the population registry. He actually came over from the foreign ministry where everyone there knows the value of the Christian embassy and the other pro-Israel Christian groups. Uh, he He's just been very busy with, um, we found this out later, very busy with this backlog of issuing oh. passports for Israelis. Correct. And, That's been a big problem. That's been a very big problem. It's uh, showing yeah. a level of incompetence um, that's frustrating yeah. millions of people. And uh, look, we've been promised uh, a few months ago, we went, met with his chief of staff, and he said it's under review. Well, we've been he hearing that for over three years. It's okay. under review. It's under review. And it's only now since we get to the media. Regrettably, we had to do it. But it's the squeaky wheel that gets the oil. We understand we had already met with Foreign Minister Ellie Cohen around four months about this. He had tried to intervene, but nothing moved. And in fact, things were moving, but still in the wrong direction with no real supervision over this uh, one mid-level clerk who was giving us all this trouble and never, okay. never received any explanation, any just, any valid justification for the way we were being treated. And therefore uh, we'd have to say it was well-deserved that this got aired out in the public in a way that now we have their attention and hopefully things okay. are heading in the right direction. Okay, so I want to take a break, but to recap, that was a very thorough introduction. It was very important. Basically, because of this guy, Amos uh, Arbel, who left, and the pandemic, and, uh, and lack of visas, and, and all kinds of other things, lots of things slipping through the cracks, no, no supervision, you said, for three plus years uh government 
um, stalemate, govern, no government or governments going in and out. And, and, and I'm glad you mentioned, and I'm glad you had the integrity to say this was not a current government. It was also true to the previous government and the, that government wasn't even in place so long anyway. So it must've been true to the, the government before that. So you're going back a bunch of years and, and the straw that broke the camel's back, you've been dealing with this for a while. Straw that broke the camel's back is saying, oh, well, you're not a Christian organization. You're not a religious organization and you're not entitled to receive these visas. I want to take a quick break and then come back and probe a little bit into some of the issues because, because rightly and not surprisingly, um, this blew up not just in Israel, but internationally. And I want to talk about that with you. But first, this quick break. Let me share a quick story. Back in college, I studied Hebrew as my foreign language. We were a class of American Jews and one Christian student, Tim. One day, I asked Tim why he was studying Hebrew. I really didn't get it. He explained that he was the son of a pastor and wanted to understand the Bible in its original language. He was insightful beyond my understanding at the time. Recently, I was introduced to e-teacher, which allows people all over the world to learn Hebrew, to develop a foundation of the original language of the scripture that's so important to us as Jews and Christians, and to gain an understanding that Tim understood, laying a critical path for understanding the Bible's original language and a foundation for Christians to understand both the modern state of Israel and the Jewish people on a more personal basis. E-Teacher offers programs to study both biblical and modern Hebrew, taught by experienced scholars through an interactive curriculum. The Genesis 1-2-3 Foundation is pleased to partner with E-Teacher and offer you a 15% introductory discount. You can register through the link in the show notes or be in touch with us at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com, and we'll be happy to forward those links to you. Okay. Um... David, fascinating, and thank you for for again the t- taking the time and and that very thorough um, overview. Now, you're the you're the vice senior vice, uh, vice president, senior spokes spokesman of the International Christian Embassy. But in the very first article that broke, and has been repeated in multiple articles that have been written about this since, it also speaks this about the fact that it's not just the International Christian Embassy that's been having problems with visas, but others are good friends, Bridges for Peace, Christian Friends of Israel, and others. Was what was your, you're only the representative of Christian Embassy, but was any of your plan reaching out to the media or, or anything unique about what you did, or was this in any way coordinated with the others? Well, we've had the same attorney representing us for for quite a few years now uh we worked together with a certain attorney and he retired a couple years ago we all then went to uh Caleb Myers he's a, a an attorney with a prominent law firm in Israel and uh he was representing us and and these other organizations we were all having similar problems and uh it was on his legal advice uh, w- that we should go to the media. He felt it would help him in, in his case, uh, finally getting some proper uh, supervision over over the uh, bureaucrat he was dealing with on this. And, and every indication right now is that it was good advice. 
and these other organizations have been, uh, you know, following everything. He's kept them up to date on this, and uh, and we're uh, waiting to hear. Uh, he's he's expecting um, at least uh, what we need is sort of a temporary solution right now for people that we need to get in the country now. Yeah, and then a more long term solution concerning all our visa categories, uh, volunteer work and clergy visa. We're insisting we should still get clergy visa, something that they want to um, pass this new understanding by a certain committee in the Knesset and get its approval. And that's all fine and dandy, but we've been waiting for that. They told us that two years ago. And who knows when that'll get done. And we need a, a, a temporary fix right now to get uh, six or seven people into the country uh, that are important to our work here. And then they, however much need, and we basically said, look, until you get this new package together with Knesset approval, we should just stick to the status quo of what we had when Amos Arbel left uh, two sure. or three and a half years ago. But, but did you coordinate going to the media with Bridges or CFI or any anyone else? Or that was just a... The the understanding was that Kayla was going to talk to them and and alert them. He was part of the first two media interviews in this. And yeah. Right. Okay. Um, I want you, you've mentioned this bureaucrat, a mid-level person and and actually mentioned something about, I mean, other than creating things that were, that, that were made up where she was basically making the rules. um, Also, you said something which is very scathing, I think, about about dishonesty um my question you know we have in israel you're you're in israel longer than i am and you know this we that there's this sort of pejorative way of looking at mid-level bureaucrats that are called kidim which is a technical term they're clerks but that they also have the ability to steamroll anything block anything or conversely be your best friend and make you happy in fact one of the best things that i did uh, the week we made Aliyah 19 years ago was I became friends with the woman in the Ministry of Interior who processed our papers. And I would bring her presents um, for a couple <laughs> of years on the holidays because I knew if we ever needed anything, she was thrilled to see her new immigrant. Um, what, yeah. How do you know what, what I, I, without being, well, I don't need to say inappropriate, you'll, you'll say what's appropriate. Um, why are you convinced that this was not just some some clerk being stupid as compared to someone being dishonest and and making up rules just because she had that ability well when uh, when Amos Arbel left his position in late 2019 we arranged a meeting with this uh it's actually the uh the head of the foreign visa department uh we met with her uh, we have a, a letter from her recording our meeting where she said we were no longer entitled to work visas. Uh, we had a certain exception that to get a work visa in Israel has to be a specialty area that you can't get a, a, a local Israeli for this. It's usually for like medical or scientific positions or high tech or something. Right. And, right. and they charge a, a big fee 
or it's some of these foreign workers like Thai workers or whatever, which say they have to pay a big fee to get a work visa. We have always had an exception that we could get volunteer visas for four to five years, then work visas four to five years. This has been the the way we've handled it for decades. Uh, But when we first met with this clerk, after Amos Arbell left, just a couple months later, she said, no more work visas. You're not entitled to it, but you still get 30 volunteer visas under the same conditions, and you get 30 clergy visas, which there's no time limit, and it's renewed every year, uh, you know, as long as you uh, haven't robbed a bank or something. It's pretty okay. routine. And we have it in writing from her, February of 2020, 30 clergy visas, 30 uh, volunteer visas. And we said, if we can get this and we and we can issue ordination papers for some of our staff to keep them more long term, we're fine with this. And we operated under that for about a year uh, and we're still getting a few people in. Under that, but slowly, slowly, under her own authority, she started whittling away from the very commitment she had given us in writing Got it. in February 2020. And and we, we've come to learn that it was without proper supervision. No one was looking over her shoulder. And in fact, we've been told by, through one of the reporters for an Israeli paper for Israel Hayam, a good, solid reporter, that the Minister of Interior, Moshe Arbel, who at the start of this government in, in January, the the High Court said that uh, Arya Derry of Shas could not serve as Minister of Interior. Right, right. It took a couple months. They settled on a guy named Moshe Arbel. He, he got sworn in probably right before the Passover break. Yeah. Around then, of course, you're then on break for a month. Now he's in, but he's been in since about March, and he had no idea this problem had been brewing. He had had zero idea that uh, we were having problems, even though we had reached out to several of his staff through different contacts. I'll tell you, we've we've done our best to keep this out of the public eye, and even going to the foreign minister, meeting with Ellie Cohen, him sending us over with a, someone uh, one of his top staff to meet with the chief of staff for this new head of the population registry who's coming over from the foreign ministry. So you thought maybe we have a breakthrough now. And and he uh, evidently he's just been preoccupied with this backlog of visas yes. and not given us any attention. And, you know, they've said they're going to do a review. They're going to um, uh, get it approved by a Knesset committee. Meanwhile, over and over and over, you're getting squeezed and squeezed and squeezed out of everything by someone that wasn't being properly sub- supervised. Were you concerned about a backlash either, either from this particular woman who really has had your fate in her hands or, or, no, or no. with the minister himself? No, I we we've been confident all along that that if people hire up, you talk to Ellie Cohen about it, and he's you know he's upset and he wants to help us, but we hear it over and over again from the foreign ministry and the Ministry of Tourism. We work both closely with them that that it's almost like the Ministry of Interior works for a different country, 
and the decisions they make and whatever it they they try and you know keep people out whereas ministry of tourism foreign ministry you know they want people to come in enjoy the country go back good ambassadors for israel whereas the you know the minister interior usually has uh different priorities and and uh they're often at odds against each other and that seems to be the case here but there is someone now as head of the population registry who who has authority to give us what we need who came over from the foreign ministry and we think he understands the the wider picture of how important christian support for israel is and why as an international christian embassy we need to bring in Christians from abroad to come and tell their countries back home Israel's story and the truth sure. about what's happening here. Do, do you think it makes a difference who you, 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 it was a very interesting and astute comment about ministry of the foreign ministry and the tourism ministry wanting to bring people in, in the ministry of tourism, the opposite, although there are, there are often very liberal, uh, interpretations of that who comes as a new immigrant for instance um do you think it makes a difference either the person or what party that person represents as head of the ministry of interior in terms of <laughs> christian mi ministries getting visas look uh, their 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 priorities uh, when you at interior are they just seem to be a little different the the ministry of interior and the reason shas wants it so much Number one, it controls all the municipal just, budgets. Just a minute. You said Shas. Let's just identify. Shas is the, one of the two ultra-Orthodox political parties that's yes. in the Knesset and part of the current yeah. government. And that's and, and you're correct. They've That's the one of their prize ministries that they've always wanted to be in charge of when they're in government. And part of it is that the Minister of Interior controls uh, the municipal budgets. Oh. All the country for cities and municipalities and regional councils. And this is the way they a lot of money funneled towards the yeshivas and, and such. And the other reason, you know, the minister, the minister of interior controls the registration of, of uh, marriages uh, and especially who gets citizenship, who gets visas and such. So it, it helps them sort of extend their idea of what who should be getting in the country and who is Jewish and who's not and such. Uh, but I, I, to be honest, uh, you know, there's a lot of shots appointed clerks throughout the ministry, and but they all seem to be fair in doing their jobs. They have to follow instructions by people higher up. And there was a time when Shanui, who was militantly uh, secular, Right. Very anti-ultra-Orthodox, uh, yep. headed by Avraham Poraz and, and Yair Lapid's father, Tommy Lapid. They came into power and they took over the Minister of Interior. Uh, it was the, under Sharon, Prime Minister Sharon, the first government without any religious parties part of it. The right. first time really in Israel's history, even labor under uh, ben Gurion and Rabin Correct. and everyone, they they made deals with the religious parties to get into power. Uh, this was the first one without, and Shanui did a whole review of the visa policies, and we actually lost 13 of our staff at one time because of that review, and it hurt us. 
but we still had assurances they would work it out. I think under we had actually been treated uh, even better than we should have by Shaw's for some reason. We didn't know it, but we had a few staff that had overstayed the 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 number of years they should have. So we understood that, and we had some people who had to leave. It was very painful, but we kept it quiet, and we uh, worked out a new arrangement with them that was that worked well. It was during the intifada, the the second intifada when there was a real premium throughout the government on security, security, and and it was hard to get visas into the country in that, at that time as well. It was like uh, security above all other considerations. Ah. So we understood it and, and we weathered that and, and uh, we became a little smaller, a little leaner, but more efficient with the staff we had, and that was fine. This was a case of too long having someone unsupervised uh, whittling and squeezing us away and, and without any ex real valid explanation for why they were doing sure. it. And, uh, and we just felt we needed to go public in order to get the attention of the right people. And we understand it's gone to the highest levels of the government to sort of step in and make sure the right thing is done here. Okay, so I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I want to take a break in a minute, but one question regarding the timing. Um, what most people listening don't know is the Knesset is on recess now. This is the summer recess, and that will go through the holidays, through Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot, known as the Feast of Tabernacles. Feast of Tabernacles also is synonymous with something that the International Christian Embassy has pioneered right? For, for many years coming up, it's just in about a month from now, you are in probably your busiest season of the year ever. I know because when I try to speak to you other times around this time of year, it's hard to get your, your time, much less, mm -hmm. right? And, I, and, that, and I don't say that with any criticism. I get it. You're talking about an operation where thousands, several thousands of people are coming in. It's a huge operation. Um, you had mentioned, it made sense, of course, to break this now because if you didn't and if you waited till the next Knesset to come back the Knesset to come back into recess you're talking about starting that in middle of October which means nothing really is going to get done before November December does it make a difference to you now I mean I know your staff is all focused on Feast of Tabernacles at the end of uh end of uh, September now does it make a difference in terms of currently being short-staffed and the opportunity to maybe get somehow staffed up between now and the actual feast itself? Mm -hmm. Look, I think the timing, uh, most of all, had to do with a the denial of a clergy visa application that was rejected because we weren't a religious institution. You have so many days to appeal that, and there'll ah. be some sort of hearing before a committee of okay. this appeal. And so it was really tied to that to, you know, we felt it was enough that we had to really stand up for ourselves, even though we our main mission is to stand up for Israel, uh, something we weren't being treated properly. And it was time to do this to try and help us whether whether we get a few of the some of our staff are 
are getting in, but uh, that have been outside the country and haven't been able to get in. We're getting them in in time for our Feast of Tabernacles, but there's a few others that we hope we can still get them in on some sort of temporary, even a 90-day tourist visa. Just get them to approve that, and then we'll sort out the more long-term visa implications over time. Got it. All right. I want to take a break, and when I come back, I want to focus on maybe what what you might have done different and then what can be done going going forward but let's take a quick break the restoration of jewish sovereignty in the land of israel was an earth-shattering event for christians it was a confirmation that god always keeps his covenantal promises today we are blessed to see god's fingerprints in the modern miracle of the land of israel playing out in our lives among the people and in the state of israel this year On the occasion of Israel's 75th anniversary, the Genesis 123 Foundation has been privileged to bring together 75 Christian leaders from around the world to lend their unique voices, sharing their personal faith experiences relating to Israel and their in-depth insight into Israel's history and spiritual significance, creating an historical, one-of-a-kind, high-end coffee table book, Israel the Miracle. Israel the Miracle's stunning imagery will fill your home with the hope of fulfilled promises and conversations about Israel. It's a perfect gift to anyone for any occasion, and most of all, to yourself. You'll also be a blessing to Israel, knowing that the proceeds will go to blessed Israelis of all backgrounds. Be a part of Israel the Miracle and bring the land, the people, and the state of Israel into your heart and into your home. Visit IsraelTheMiracle.com to get your limited edition copy today. Okay, this has been great. And I intuitively have a feeling that this is a very, and I know it's an important conversation and I intuitively think and I pray that this will be widely listened to. And by the time people are listening to it, I hope things will have changed dramatically in, uh, in, in, in the favor of the Christian embassy. I haven't seen it yet, but it was something you said in, in the last segment when we were talking, reminded me I was interviewed for an article um, about this, and I said it must, it, it can't be something that's allowed that a government clerk or a mid level bureaucrat can tie up him or herself. There needs to be a government priority that supersedes this government, but really becomes something that you work with. In, in the last two, three, now three weeks since this broke, is there anything you regret? Um, look, I, I think uh, we wanted the story to uh to go out in the israeli media that's where the attention had to we had to get the attention of israeli officials and uh, i wish we'd been able to limit to that but of course every story has its own life and and it's gone out international i've been turning down interviews because i've said look it's enough uh you know it's it's enough now uh you know some foreign media outlets they're just maybe using it to try and give israel another black eye we don't want to be a part of that uh but look i think we were weren't given much choice but to do this and once the story's out there i uh, i i think we're learning a, a little more lesson about how the the media operates and it's uh you know it's it's not always uh 
um, up to speed. It's not always accurate. It's not always the right motivations. But uh, I think most of the reporting has been accurate and fair towards us and even fair towards them in how it's reported. Very good. Okay. Um, that, that's a good setup for the next question I wanted to ask you anyway. I've gotten no shortage of emails, phone calls, text messages from Christian friends, mostly pastors, who, mm-hmm. who are tremendously supportive of Israel. They're good personal friends. They're friends of Israel. And they're, they're um, dismayed. They're confused. And they're fielding phone calls and emails and text messages that basically say, well, why is the government of Israel being so anti-Christian? And why, if the government of Israel doesn't want Christians to be in Israel and to support it, why should we even be supporting it? How do you mm-hmm. answer that? Well, look, uh, Israel's had a full plate lately with the judicial uh, reforms and all the protests with the, uh, Iran stepping up, you know, its network of terrorists in the country with Hezbollah making noise with the, you know, the, the U.S. want to, uh, the Biden administration want to make at least a partial deal with Iran or or are we going to get the Saudis in a Abraham Accord style deal, a breakthrough there? Israel's had a full plate uh, and we, we understand that. And this government is still getting its feet wet. They really concentrated on the judicial reforms and, and a lot of other things got put on the back burner. Uh, and so we try to understand these things and explain it to others. But uh, I think we had had enough of the, you know, being run over uh, by a bureaucrat that it just turns out we were right. Our assessment that, that no one above her knew what she was doing. And uh, so we have to, you know, move forward from that. Uh, I would say that that after we met with her February, 2020, she gave us in writing 30 clergy visas, 30 volunteer visas. We met with her uh, uh, maybe six, eight, 10 months later with our attorney, with the other Christian Zionist organizations and with a guy named Tomer Moskowitz, who was supposed to replace Amos Arbel. He had been in the justice ministry with Ayelet Shaked, the minister, right, and right. she came over to Interior under the Bennett Lapid government and right. appointed him. So we met with them, and in the meeting, Tomer, uh, you know, the, the clerk is saying, well, they're not entitled to this or they're not entitled to that. And he is saying, but we have the authority to give them. It's within our authority, our purview to give them. And that's what's happened all these years. And we have the authority. So you even saw the division in his temporary time trying to uh-huh, uh-huh. fill that role, uh, clashing with someone in his own office there. And who, who was and under he, him? He was already trying to go to get the Knesset approval for something, but then the government fell. He stepped out. The position was was open yeah. again. No one there. So we've seen even within the Ministry of Interior the the disagreement that, sure. that this clerk had with someone who was trying to supervise him. 
And so we, you know, after three and three, three and a half years of of this treatment, I think it, it uh, we were patient enough. We have, um, you know, a lot of experience in Israel. We yeah. have the right heart, the right attitude and motivation to know what's best for, you know, what we think we can do to help Israel. And in the long term, I think this is going to turn out good for okay. Israel, uh, Christian support for Israel and such. When uh, when this thing turns around, people will see that Israel's doing the right thing. And and sometimes, you know, uh, this happens in every country. You get some clerk, like in a lot of countries, you know, someone's just looking for money under the table. That's not the case here. Ah, okay, okay. All the countries have to deal with with bureaucracies, and Israel has one. So in that way, Israel's okay. not different than any other. All right. So that's a that's a refreshing and an honest review. But what do you say to the average Christian who read or heard one of the international reports and just had that bad taste and still has? a bad taste in their mouth, that they feel that government's being anti-Christian. Just uh, stay tuned. We, we think it'll turn around soon. Okay, we, very we've nice. We've been assured the review is, and and we're supposed to get something even in writing within the next week or so. I think our attorney is going to hang tough on certain issues. They're all for certain things. We, we want to sort of hold uh, to our cards and say, stick with what we think we've okay. gotten all along, but uh, that's a negotiation process that, that's sure. already underway. And there's a lot of diplomatic considerations, even other countries that have, um, uh, you know, Israelis have to go to other countries and get visas, say the U S or whatever. And if, if they're, you know, Israel has to take in consideration if some rabbi wants to go to the U.S. and set up and get a clergy visa there, yes. what if they're denying Christians clergy visas in Israel? So there's okay. reciprocity and, and equal treatment here that they also have to consider. And it takes someone, say, from the foreign ministry, like Eyal Sasu, the new head of the population registry, who knows these things, that he, he's got a, probably a bigger picture of the strategic importance of Christian support, and that this uh, this will turn out to be, um, you know, a, it'll turn out to be a better understanding and a strengthening of Christian relations with Israel in the end. Okay, okay. very very optimistic, and I pray that that will be the case. But unfortunately, there won't be news headlines uh, and reporting on when everything's straightened out. So I invite yeah. people to be in touch and. Uh, we will whether it's before this interview airs or subsequently. Anyone's always welcome because we do want this to be interactive, to be in touch, and we'll fill we'll pe fill people in. Um, what what can an average Israeli do, like me, who doesn't have a podcast, to um, to to make things, to change things now in your to help. Well, uh, you have 120 members of the Knesset. You may know a couple of them. And uh, just to let them know that you think Christian support for Israel is is important and that the Christians who are here in Israel representing Christians around the world, uh, that they should get uh, fair treatment from the Ministry of Interior. And we'd appreciate any help that the Israelis can do in that regard.
Okay, excellent. So we'll, uh, I, I'm glad for that because I haven't done it yet and I'm, I'll commit to, to doing so myself, even, even if I don't know them, even just sending a, an email um, because their emails are public and that's not a problem. I hope other, others will, will follow up and, and do that as well. Um, before, before I pivot to a, a bit of a different topic and wind down, what else have I missed or what else do you want to share about this specific issue of getting visas and, and, and staff and volunteers being able to come and work in Israel? Well, uh, I would say we've, we've been blessed to, to operate in Israel for over 40 years. Um, I think, um, you know, we're just in a time, Jonathan, and you know this well, that there's been a sea change in Jewish-Christian relations over the last generation or two. Not everyone, on whether in the Jewish world or the Christian world, not everyone's caught up with us yet. We understand that. But uh, I think the future looks looks bright uh, for Jewish-Christian relations. And, and even this, uh, we'll get through it uh, together and, and go, you know, face the challenges of all the critics of the, the Jewish state and people out there fighting anti-Semitism, fighting BDS and, and such together. We'll get to fighting know each other Fighting anti-Semitism, fighting BDS, and, and, and not to, and I probably my fault, and I, I know I'll miss some, but, but among the things that you do that are so important in Israel and for Israel, like supporting bringing new immigrants to Israel and getting new immigrants set up and and portable bomb shelters and 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 um, comforting and providing resources for Holocaust survivors and we could go on and on. Um, if anyone wants to connect and um, know more about the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem, where do we where do we send them, Dave? Uh, you can go to icej.org. Icej.org. That's our basic uh, website, and uh, right. you can find out more about us there. Okay, very good. Um, to, to begin to wrap up, uh, last time I saw you in person, I was carrying a copy of a book that we have currently sent to the printer um, that will be featured at the Feast of Tabernacles at the end of September, only for the second, uh, for the second time ever. I mean, first time at the Feast of Tabernacles, but it will only be the second time that the book actually is going to be uh, shared in public, something that we've produced, the, the uh, Israel, Israel the Miracle. And we're very blessed among the 75 Christian leaders who have written essays about why Israel is so significant um, are, are Jürgen Bueller, who is the current head of the ICEJ, and his predecessor, Malcolm Hedding. Um, at, at the risk of a shameless plug, we sat together, the, the, the Christian embassy is a sponsor for which I'm super grateful. And I'm excited to see how it goes next month when the book is actually available in print. And it will be the actually be the first public um, uh, airing or, if you will, uh, promotion of the book in Israel. The first one's going to be in Germany the week before, but then it, the first one in Israel. Why is that book? What, what, why does the Christian embassy think that that's so significant? Why did Jürgen, who's super busy, make the time to write an essay? Yeah, well, the Israel's 75th uh, anniversary is an important milestone. 
Uh, it's a shame that uh, the judicial reform protests have sort of marred it a little uh, bit. It wasn't quite the celebration we all wanted, but it's an important uh, marker for Israel to observe. And uh, we've seen several other books that have come out trying to, you know, uh, present where Israel is now at 75 years old. But uh, your book is is very high quality. It's spot on. It's really uh, beautiful and really helps capture this moment in a good way. Uh, and uh, it's a real privilege just for us to be part of it and to help offering it to our constituency around the world. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm excited and I'm grateful. Um, yeah. Having Hearing you say that, and I know it's not just... Uh, gratuitous comment to a friend but but you wouldn't be involved and Jurgen wouldn't have made time and Malcolm wouldn't have made time and certainly wouldn't be featuring at the feast um, in front of thousands of people um, it, it gives me even if no one buys the book it gives me great satisfaction to know that that at least according to your assessment that it's worthy of, of, of that public time um, what else we're wrapping up it's uh, we're we're on the verge of the holidays, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. What what's your broader view for the coming year for Israel? Yeah. Well, look, we're looking forward to uh, celebrating Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem. We hope to have somewhere between three and four thousand Christians from uh, nearly a hundred countries in Jerusalem again this year, and uh, to celebrate it with the Jewish people to join. Uh, out in the Jerusalem march and and uh, see the reception of the Israeli people. We're always received very warmly there, and uh, we hope that gets uh, that the you know even more media coverage than you know uh, the, the, these other headlines that we've had to face. Not only our visa problems, but some of the attacks on Christians and all. Uh, we think we're going to have a good feast, and and that. Uh, uh, all those Christian supporters of Israel coming and and uh, celebrating this holiday together with the Jewish people. I think that's big, big positive good news uh, given given all the bad headlines uh, from out of Israel over the past uh, ten months or so. You know, it's not only that it's good headlines and it's important, but we the Hebrew word is chizuk. We as Israelis have been, and you're you're a part of us. You, you're you're you live there. You're part of Israel. We need that. We need that support. We need that shot in the arm. Now we need people. Uh, we've been through a lot. Whether we're in favor of the judicial reforms or against them, or in favor of the government or against the government, or in favor of a, 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 a three day work week uh, weekend or or not, or all the other social issues. There, there's been a lot of Israelis uh, going through a lot of punching this year and and having that and as you talked about the parade which is always so beautiful and inspiring i'm I, what a what a great way to kind of end this conversation on a positive note that we really can continue to look forward to your long-term presence in israel and grateful for everything that you do um on, on my behalf of course to you to jürgen bueller and all of the staff and volunteers in israel and and all over the world for for the christian embassy we're so grateful um, and I pray that this will, the, the, the current bumps in the road will be just that and in the rearview mirror um, very, very shortly. David Parsons, the vice president and senior spokesman for the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem, thank you 
so much for your taking time and uh, candid, candidly sharing about what's uh, what's going on. Thank you, Jonathan. It's great to be with you. Always as we uh, end the conversation, we always invite people to do something special and get a little gift as well. And what I've announced the last number of weeks is that as we were just speaking about the book, Israel the Miracle, um, all we're asking this year, if you want to get your free copy, not everyone can get a free copy. You can go to IsraelTheMiracle.com and buy one, but we are offering every month a free copy. All we ask you do is that you go to, uh, when you like and share this uh, link to this conversation or make a comment there, we're going to put one person at random to receive Israel the Miracle. So please like and share and make comments and, uh, and, and let's get this conversation widely heard. Uh, we're always grateful that our friends at the Willow Run Greenhouse who are sponsors of this podcast. And if you're always in the area and want to say something nice and tell them thank you for helping make conversations like this possible, please do so. And also special thanks to the Coin family as well for their meaningful sponsorship. Inspiration from Zion and all of the Genesis 123 Foundation programs are made possible by donations. So please consider helping to join and continue the dialogue to build bridges. Um, because I'm the host and, and no one else asked me if they could uh, sponsor this episode, I have the prerogative and I would like to dedicate this episode uh, to all of the staff and volunteers of the Christian Embassy. Uh, thank you for, for everything that you're all doing. And if you'd like to sponsor a future episode in honor or memory of a loved one or a special occasion or your favorite pro-Israel Christian ministry, please be in touch with, with me at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com. We'd always love to hear your comments as part of a dialogue and invite you to send any questions as well, especially questions you have about traditional Judaism for our Ask the Rabbi programs. Please share this conversation with others who will also find it of interest. And please continue to join us right here as we bring you more meaningful conversations about unique topics relating to Israel that you won't hear anywhere else. Wherever you are in the world, I pray that you and your loved ones are all safe and healthy. And I send my blessings from right here in the Judea Mountains. God bless you. Hallelujah, al-Mashiach, al